could be anything. I've just got a can. I do have some Alco Pops this week. I want to talk about Alco Pops this week. Your just, mango salsa. Oh, I got into them in a big way. Let's, <laughs> let's get this show on the road. <laughs> That's the problem. Really Cheers, man. How are you doing? I forgot my little white thing to hide the sponsorship, but I'll stick it in a bit of merch. Oh, you're... Oh, oh you're... <laughs> I got a little excited. That was a close one. All over the road, Pastor no. Pro. <laughs> Any excuse to get another piece of equipment, man? No, I'm over... And now, I, now I'm in the... I'm in the guilt phase of purchasing. Ah. Now, now I'm feeling to, total remorse about... Which purchase are you feeling remorse about? Just in general, you know, spend, ah. spending so much money, I feel like we should be saving. The economy's crashing, and I'm like, okay, let me just get a cloth, and I'll be right back. You think it's so <laughs> intelligent? Do you think? Okay, how was your hey. week, lad? I have no idea. It was just a blur. Really? I, yeah, absolute blur. Weekend highlight. Everything else has been total blur. I woke yeah. up this morning going, "What am I actually doing right now?" But you yeah. know, we're getting through. Yeah. I'm not going to say survival, but I'm saying we're we're in some sort of we're in a rhythm. Is it is it work rhythm or is it is it where's the blur coming from? Is it work or is it oh, it's coming from everything. Is it everything? It's it's the combination. All life changes. Everything's happening at once. I uh, we've been sin bin for three days. Came in, had one sniff at the preschool. Bam, go home. See you later. Seventy two hours. Show us four negative tests in a row. I think there's another week or two in it. Famous last words. But I do really yeah. think. Things are just going to start opening up and it'll be, you know, Done. we'll be there then, you know, we, 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 we've made it. We just got to get last next end, couple of weeks. Endemic. Endemic is the mm-hmm. SF, uh, UCSF model in, right now. In Ireland, it's been, and now, yeah, it's like go back to normal. Hug people, kiss people. You're fine. It's, oh, it's yeah, do it. Shining light. I mean, the yeah. Irish are always going to be a shining I mean, light. I mean, yeah. So everyone's out shifting each other now and all, you know, it's like <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of pent up romance that needs to be expressed in the next couple of weeks, you know, in Ireland. So I'm not yeah. sure I want to know what that's about. Yeah. Oh, what, what, snogging. Is that what it's called in Australia? Sn- what do you call it? Snogging. Yeah. You snog. Yeah. I think smooch. shifting just smooch sounded. Smooch. Yeah. Shifting yeah. is. Shifting is the, the is the exact it's inter, like snogging. Shifting is what it is in Ireland. It's not any oh. ruder. Have, uh, how about you, no, no, man? How's your schedule. how's your week been? Uh, week's been week's been okay. Like I said, so we got the kiddos. Both the car and the truck got spray painted by some random jerks driving by or something today, which it just really annoys me. Even though it's only it's only a thing, who cares? But like, I care. I I God. care that you sprayed the side of my car pink. Anyway, I noticed it this morning. But but that you know it's a thing, and I fixed it. I went out and I actually coincidentally bought some. Uh, lucky for my impulse spending, I bought some rags for cleaning bodywork on the car two weeks ago, and they were perfect for it. They got everything off, so it was fine in the end. You I'm going to get it was coming. Wait, wait, wait! You just were able to scrub off graffiti off the side of your car? I got it off, yeah, just by diligently uh, with with some uh, with some spirits. I just very slowly um, rubbed it off. Yeah. If you go out tomorrow, is the rest of your car going to be melted? Are there going to be holes in the side of your doors? Quite possibly, probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah happens yeah uh you also noted that there was a car row of 20 cars and your two cars were the only that got tagged is this are you being singled out i think it's because we're the uh the only house in the street that is uh has got bored apes and uh cyber cyberpunks on our like little placards on our lawn just with the numbers (laughs) that we own you know we're believers in the new economy and we just want to show our neighbors the cryptos we own 
everyone else has like you know local school propsy yeah i love i love greenpeace black Lives matters and and kind of uh grow local all that sort of stuff in the front we've just got a few cryptos you're you're like hash three two five one i know i said it to kill i was like do you think do you think we were targeted and she's like of course we weren't like they just it was just opportunistic they got two they tagged two cars in the street they just happened to be ours you know, all the other Priuses on either side of my uh, five-liter truck and <laughs> Kelly's seven-seater uh, SUV I, didn't I get didn't tagged. To, I didn't want to say anything, but it does seem like maybe there's a, yeah. Know, yeah. a theme here. Yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe. Clicking on there, some time. Weeks like... go by where I don't leave the property at all. The reason today was so good was because I left. Like, there's li- <laughs> Kelly will tell you, like, genuinely, a week or two, I might not even just do anything besides garage the house. You know, it's just not good not good you just described it as the property in and of itself yeah the land the compound why do they tag our cars it's hard to say they just picked on us anyway as i was walking around the property i noticed it (laughs) as i was checking the perimeter giles told me as he was pouring my tea i think someone has tagged your truck sir the groundskeeper yep (laughs) Yep, yep. Dawn asked, Dawn asked me a serious question. She wanted to know, did you have like ice cream or something on your chin last week? And I didn't notice, but you've you've got a white chin now. Are you dyeing the rest of your beard and just letting that bit go white as kind of a thing? You this just, is offensive on so many. Are levels. you literally just going grey just there? Yeah, this is this is pure organic salt and pepper. This is au natural. Not salt and pepper. It's salt and pepper, like. This is salt. This is like this is salt and pepper, where it's like a mix. Yours is pandas. <laughs> Are we okay? Is it okay? Are we have talk about each other's physical. Very, features? very accepted. Yeah, I'm. I'm, yeah. I'm all. Oh, in fact, that's. I'd prefer the whole show to be just about your uh, physical appearance. <laughs> uh, I um, I've been graying in the beard for quite like I'm. I'm going to say four years plus. But I think you grew. It's a little like you do a little tight beard, maybe more like tighter than that. Is it some it sometimes it's tighter? Yeah, loose. I'm, I'm letting it loose every now and then. I'm also yeah. thanks for pointing out, Dawn. Uh, my face is getting fatter, so I think it just feels more flush. I don't think you know? that makes your chin whiter. It does. You should see photos. It absolutely does. Does it? Oh, <laughs> from August last year when when Max was coming out of the hospital, I just saw a video. I'm and glad I'm, you said I'm hospital. Like, I look yeah, well. He, uh, <laughs> things happened at the hospital. He, he, I, I was. Who is this imposter? I'm literally half my. It's a disgrace. What's happened? Stark realization of of the the depths of. Yeah. Uh, we're out. We're out of control. Don't worry. I've started on new wonder pill mm. provided to me by our nanny, mm. uh, and it's she's basically running a. I'm gonna say black market in this thing. Is it? She deep? sold it to everyone. What is everyone? It? What is it? It was billed to me as the wonder pill. Yeah. Take it every a, day and you have to take all these additional supplements and fix up your potassium and your vitamins, drink lots of water, and it's just going to do this incredible stuff. Eat what you want, no problem. After three months, you'll start seeing results. I lost 30 pounds. My sister lost this. The lady, the server who we gave it to, so-and-so, everyone's lost 20 to 40 pounds as per you know, first-hand accounts. Get the pills. Not cheap. Growth 20, 25 bucks. <laughs> It's not bezel. Twenty five <laughs> bucks a pop. Whatever it is, each twenty five bucks a month is basically what it works out to. Yeah, fiber, fiber, it's basically fiber. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I felt so. I was like, are you are you still well, all in though? Like, are, yeah, are you, are you yeah, yeah, yeah. First hand accounts, verbatim. Random, I've seen the results. You would take a random pill that someone says is a wonderful for three months, and then be like, yeah, it's good. 
like someone said to take it seventy five dollars. Not someone trusted nanny. Number one. Number two. Um, it's all in Spanish, so I can't tell better or worse whether it's, it's she's, the right. She's thing. importing it's, this directly. It's hard to say who's importing what, but it's not clear to me. It's above the table. Let's be honest. Uh, it's a special Peruvian wonder pill. That's fiber. It's essentially it's quite strong fiber. I might, I might tell crushed you. Crushed cornflakes. Yeah, it's, love it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's potent fiber, if you know what I'm How saying. How big is this pill if it's fiber? Tiny, tiny pill. So it's supercharged. Well, how very can it potent be fiber? fiber? How, I mean, fiber doesn't fiber have to be by the virtue of it being fiber? Isn't there like that? It, I thought it was like yeah, like husk. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, you can definitely get fiber pills that are small. This is smaller than I thought as well, which makes me think there's some other element in there. But like the fact that you're taking a pill every day for three months, you actually eat a little bit less each day as well, and then you end up losing 30 pounds. Like that's, isn't, <laughs> you it, isn't that's, it probably, isn't it probably that? What, the pill itself is the thing that's making you lose it? It's no. a, it's a, the pill's a placebo. That if you're taking this pill for 30, you know, for, for 90 days, you lose a few, you know, you lose a few pounds here and there because you're consciously working on your diet anyway. Like, th- doesn't that feel more likely? Whatever it takes. Rather than if, a tiny if, fiber pill is actually all it ever took for everyone to be uh, their ideal weight. I feel like we might have got there sooner than this. This is at risk of being a Joe Rogan episode now, where we're pushing, where we're pushing dodgy. This is going to have to be censored by Spotify before we come on and say that actually the information in this episode is not, uh, you know, has not been verified. Not the niche. Should we talk? Um, Joe have Rogan? you been following? Have you been following it? Yeah. Did you, I mean the Joe Rogan chat. The, the trouble with doing, we end up doing topical stuff each week, but this one is, you know, um, let's do something evergreen as well. But but let's talk about Joe. So the backstory here is a little while ago, Joe Rogan, the podcast, um, signed a deal with Spotify, an exorbitant, industry-leading, record-setting podcast deal for an exclusive podcast on the Spotify audio platform. Uh, which is brilliant, right? There was a whole, it was in a spate of, you know, after Spotify hit up Anchor and they started signing up all these kind of nibbling up lots of small podcast outfits and production houses just escalated and started ratcheting up their buy and, you know, realized they're in the content game and started buying content, right? Uh, exclusive content, which is neat. It just so happens that Joe Rogan, on the spectrum of content, you need to have things that cater to all sorts of tastes and some of the things are you know across the spectrum joe rogan is i think the howard stern of the podcast ecosystem is the way i'd kind of model huh. it. you've got how howard stern sitting over there on satellite radio they locked him um locked him up on xm or whatever it's called sirius they needed a podcast equivalent over here joe rogan a little bit different more modern more of the times but that sort of vibe it's a shock jock but not full-blown shock jock huh. have you listened have you listened to much joe rogan yeah and more than, so I have actually, yeah. So I used yeah. to, um, I used to listen to Joe Rogan a lot. Uh, I can't, I struggle to listen to him now. Is is what's happened? So what's the shift? Um, the thing that I struggle with most with with Joe Rogan is he paints himself as a centrist, someone yeah. who is uh, unbiased, a, a feminist, you know, someone who just seeks any opinion. He kind of like he wants to hear all sides of the story. He does. He doesn't. You know. And I would Super say neutral and agnostic is the, yeah. is the stance. Yeah. But I, but I think, I think that's actually really dangerous. I would actually prefer that he just realized what, where he was on the spectrum and owned it. And was just like, yes, I'm right of center. Like, I, I don't think he's like extreme, right? Like he's not like, no. he's not QAnon, you know, conspiracies, Trump, 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 but like he, he is, he's bro-ish. 
like just by virtue of what he's interested in. He's interested in, 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 you know, MMA fighting, uh, you know, growth hormone, uh, you know, so, so COVID is perfect for him. Like that he's got, he's been able to get on a lot of guests, really well established doctors, great reputations. Like one of the doctors he get on is the most published doctor on, I think the most published doctor on COVID maybe even like, he's like a complete expert on it, but he's really outside. He's got like, you know, there's all of these doctors saying one thing and he's completely far, far right on it on the other side of the world. And, and he's been criticized for that. And I think that if he truly was a centrist, it would be harder to criticize him. His point of view is, uh, you know, you only get a snippet of the news. You only get, you don't, you don't know the full story. And I actually agree with that. Yeah. Like, you know, both that that this story that's running is running two totally different narratives, depending on if you're left or right. The America's crazy like that. But he but if he was at the center, I'd be more willing to accept that. But he's not. And I, I'm not even sure that he realizes he isn't. And that I struggle with that. So that's why I stopped listening to him. Yeah. Yeah. I think there is you're absolutely right. The the, the posturing of being one thing, it's almost being gaslit. Yeah. It's one you're saying one thing, you're doing another or through the guise of centrism and open free speech, yeah. all ideas are valid ideas. Yeah. They all have equal weighting. It's the two-sidedism. Or that, but by the way, mainstream media has yeah. the same affliction, and that's the reason a lot of the Trump stuff happened, where you have to give the other side equal weight because you're trying to be yeah. trying to become balanced. neutral. Balanced. balanced. Yeah. Balanced. And that that tendency, that that urge to find a counter to balance the discussion because it's a na- kind of natural tension or whatever it is, leads you down some really yeah. organically weird stuff. In this case, getting on a, as you say, a wonk way out out there, right? It's the 1% of the 99 that, you know, is not aligned with the medical fraternity and kind of all hell ensues. So basically, it, it, like he was spreading misinformation on this thing because he wasn't fact-checking. He wasn't saying, right. oh, I don't believe it. And he wasn't saying, hang on a minute, here's what everyone else says. He just gave airtime to this one guest with that side of it at a time at a time when you had the misinformation wars like peak politically and then all the non-audio platforms went through this a year two three years ago like we had we've been going through this since 2014-15 yeah youtube went through it twitter had to do everything like trump i mean trump Trump. kicked off twitter like trump 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 finally got kicked off twitter when he was no longer going to be president i mean the bigger platforms been been doing it for years kind of blogger and and blogging and everything before it but we kind of i thought we just went through this we just went through the censorship particularly when it came to misinformation around yeah uh covid like some stuff wasn't for debate right it wasn't political it was health public health and you need to get this right and somehow spotify missed the memo that especially for stuff you're paying for this is not i don't know so that's what i really want to talk about because that's the that's the tech part that's the bit i'm interested in but yeah Yeah. tell tell me about that how do they so 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 they missed the memo they didn't talk to him about whether it's misinformation or not they it didn't it clearly if this was a ugc platform it would clearly be against the guidelines around misinformation to do with COVID. it wasn't branded it wasn't labeled there was no disclaimers Anything that you put on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, anywhere today that has the word COVID-19, anything around corona, you're going to get an automatic label saying for the real information, click here. You're like The rest of the platforms have worked it out. Twitter, uh, Twitter, Spotify somehow went, mm, we're not really part of the content game. We're just paying these people to create content and we're not going to add any of these disclaimers or yeah. kind of pieces yeah. on top, yeah. which just seems like such an oversight. Not only is it not UGC, so you can't even claim you know, if it was UGC, you're claiming that it's not your content, you're just hosting and it's someone else. And mm-hmm. right, so you're, you're mm-hmm. claiming section 217. 
this is yours. You're paying mm-hmm. for it. You're exclusive. There's no way you could. You might as well be Netflix producing this information, right? Tell me, tell me. Let's let's play a game. Um, so I'm I'm the money bags in Spotify. I'm the person holding the purse, mm-hmm. uh, and you are the you are the whoever the let's say PM who is pitching acquiring Joe Rogan's uh, podcast. Tell me the mm-hmm. benefits to Spotify of having Joe Rogan on the podcast back then before before this controversy. I mean, he was controversial back then, realistically. Number one podcast in the US or in the world. Um, but but like, what, what's what's in it for Spotify to have Joe Rogan on the platform to start? It would start with numbers and it would grow into some sort of segmentation model. Numbers are going to be very clear. He was a huge following. It was growing very quickly. Thousand mouths, right? So his listenership, his audience, his subs were growing rapidly. And with it brought a certain demographic and a certain section that I'm sure Spotify wanted. And the model would be you bring users for one thing and then you pivot them to another. It's re-engagement, it's opportunity, it's stickiness. It's all of that stuff. It's the reason you get content on platforms because Mm -hmm. people are coming back to the platform to do other stuff. Buy ads, click on subscriptions, listen to everyone else and away you go. So come back on a daily basis and we're good to go. And they were essentially buying an audience. So and they need to find exclusive content. And they paid him something like a hundred million or something to to acquire the podcast, right? An outrageous and, sum of money. And then some. I feel like it had like a three hundred million kind of envelope, at like hundred million up front or something. I remember the numbers okay. being large. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which to some degree doesn't come into it a whole lot. Like, I mean, if if it's successful, like you could make that back. I mean, for a company like Spotify, yeah. uh, you know, it's a, um, it's a lot of money. But if it works out, it's worth it. What I would say, you know, it's not like an acquisition where you're buying something for billions. Um. But it's it's content though, which is it's it's you're buying content studios, but they're micro studios effectively. Yeah. So Joe Rogan Joe Rogan is a content brand. It's like buying a mini Pixar. Yeah. yeah it's like buying, I was going to say like Pixar, like Disney acquiring yeah. Pixar. That's yeah. that's what this it's, is. It's, it's so, the podcast equivalent of all that stuff. Yeah. So, tell me about the what's different though from Pixar, is that um, the risk model. So so let's talk about the risk model because um, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of dirt on Spotify now. We've got a lot of friends who are cancelling their Spotify accounts over here on the West Cape Coast and our WhatsApp group, leaving leaving Spotify, going to Tidal and, and Apple Music. Be interesting to see if they're still there in two months time, but they're going there for now. Do you think, you know, Joe Rogan's a risky presenter. He already, he, al- he always was. Uh, do you think that they factored that into their brand to being like, this is, this could be a risk to our brand. I'm sure they would have factored in some level of, does this meet policy? Does this meet our threshold and so on? And they reasonably, I think, would have concluded, of course, it's maybe not to my, you know, insert PM POV, but it's very reasonable. It's on the spectrum. There's clearly an audience there. And per our policies, it, it meets it. So I agree with everything you said, like as in it's not rocket science in terms of audience and acquiring an audience yeah. and trying to build a platform. Where I think that they may have, you know, just remind, we both work in tech companies and we go through these acquisition deals and kind of the risk models and things like that. I think that um, somewhere where I would have probably missed it on Spotify was just how much risk was associated with Joe Rogan. Like, for example, who was the other guy that Stern, Howard Stern, right? You, you didn't, was that who you mentioned earlier? Who was the other guy you gave? That was my analogy. Yeah. yeah. So Howard Stern, you know, kind of a famous, you know, I mean, he's done absolutely everything wrong that you can do on purpose and he's famous for it, including, you know, didn't he go like into the microphone to make some woman climax on the call one time? Uh, I think that's something Howard Stern did. Uh, but like, so, so I feel like if they were going to, if they were going to hot just now, just so we're on the same page, a if bit. they did, if they, <laughs> if they did, I feel like 
they wouldn't, I feel like Spotify wouldn't go exclusive with Howard Stern because there's too much risk associated with him. Whereas I feel like Joe Rogan has actually been more controversial than Howard Stern in this time period. And maybe they didn't know it was like, they wanted the audience. They wanted the young male, what do they call them? Involuntary incels. Uh, They wanted the, you know, the 20 year old incels who, the million of them who love Joe Rogan to, to, to broaden their platform. But I don't think they wanted all the controversy that went with it. Or do you think that there's no, no such thing as bad, bad news, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There clearly is. And I think every PR department would be sitting in there working out damage control and what to do with it. And, and how do we, how do we call They reacted relatively quickly. So I think two things. One is, um, for sure, they understood the risk up front. He was already a controversial figure. The headlines when they when they went exclusive were very much around. Whoa, hang on a minute. This is this is not a regular gimbal story. This is yeah. Joe Rogan. So the depth of the risks and where that could come unstuck, I, you know, TBD. But I think they knew what they were getting into. Yeah. Um, and two, I think the kind of specific story here wasn't just that he said stuff and people were unhappy yeah it was that there was one of their other musicians yeah who came along and basically you had an internal mutiny well the interesting the interesting thing about that if you do you know these musicians who who pull their music a number of them are anti-streaming anyway exactly so a kind of when you kind of i mean when you feel it away a little bit yeah. Kind of starts to fall apart pretty quick on the on the pulling of music front, you know. That's right. That's right. It's a convenient pretext to do what you always wanted to do. You were just looking for the right trigger. I think that's true. Um, but I think that's the unique element here is that you started having an us and them. You had yeah. a base of music. What Spotify was all about, the one million independent. He was all about democratizing music, right? Making yeah. music viable for one million creators. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so that was your base. That was a promise. You were going to make it. A viable business proposition. We we're going to sort out all the licensing. This was it. This was the new renaissance of music yeah. monetization, uh, and you suddenly had a platform that didn't represent the values, perhaps, or you had the old guard or the original music base, the musicians' base, kind of disagreeing, protesting, saying, "Hang on a minute, we're absolutely disagreeing. We're going to pull away because of this." Pretext aside, yeah, and Spotify shrugged, yeah, and I think what you had there was a unique. It kind of internal, not quite civil war, but some level of two very different uh, stakeholder groups yep. uh, that you're now having to compete against two very different models. The streaming royalty model of music, that's very different to the new incumbent podcast model, which is essentially mm-hmm. Netflix or studio franchising. So two very competing models, two very competing ecosystems, and you, you're having to trade off. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, do, do musicians have explicit lyrics and say crazy stuff? You betcha. No one, none of the old guard rock group is saying, please don't put NWA's entire anthology on there or yeah. get rid of anyone who says, you know, explicit words or, or kind of politically charged either direction, right? But they, this was a lightning rod. It was very public. Yeah. Um, and I think Spotify's response to their musician base is what actually earned the ire, not their lack of proactive whatever it was policing branding kind of reiterating their policies and so on well it's become about that a little bit i i I wish the president joe biden wasn't involved like that's insane did you see did you see this that his his press secretary 
and that, you know, today said that Spotify putting a warning at the start of Joe Rogan's podcast that there could be misinformation about COVID on it wasn't enough, that they wanted Joe Rogan to come out and say it was misinformation. It's just like, you're the president. Come on, Jesus. Will you, will, we had enough of that for four years with the president doing that shit. Will you just, will you get over it like and move Spe- on? You know? Speaking of media cycles, uh, I, I think it's reasonable to pick up on the happenings of the day, the top happenings of the day and get a piece of the action, get a piece of the flow, right? You think that's what uh, it is? Yeah, I oh, don't think pathetic. it's specific. I don't think they're specifically trying to persuade Spotify to do something different, but it does have a big base and has a big listenership and it's it's kind of trying to, you know, twist the arm of the media company to rectify the wrongs it's not it's not yeah, out of, it's, out not, of reach. it's not appropriate for the president to be doing that come on no, no. well it come wasn't, on. wasn't it was a about spotify it was the you, office of the president the office of the president commented on a program on spotify come on i think well hang on a minute <laughs> we've just come out of five years of every politician yeah if every color creed and background commenting on tech dragging every tech yeah. ceo coo cpo I think it's to terrible. congress yeah you know that's the backdrop here it's not the yeah. president just happened to they're still being dragged to co- to congress and being asked how do you make ads we how do you make money we we sell ads yeah. sir yeah. senator senator yeah. we sell ads is the best meme you, you know there's we're, <laughs> we're in the context of like it's a brilliant punching bag we're in that part of the pr cycle yeah i think we're going out the back of it and maybe crypto and others are now the kind of front, but I hope post, so. Post, I hope I hope that we're at the, you know, yeah, that was exhausting. But, but I, like it's very real for all the tech companies. It, it was definitely a maturation period where you're no longer the fringe tech; you are mainstream media, and you're affecting hearts and minds. And yeah, became yeah. No, it's a real thing, and and I think and I and I'm glad that it's happened now, so that by the time my daughters are teenagers, at least it might be a little bit better in terms of yeah. just how quickly you can go. You know. Uh, you can do three clicks and end up on something horrific right now. And I'm hoping that maybe it takes more than three clicks to get to that state of depravity uh, in just, future on Instagram, you know? Just one one wink of your AR VR headset and you're there. Yeah. Just yeah. You do that uh, with it. So have we clarified, Jorgen? What, what what are your views here on the level of sense? What, policy and, its, and or its enforcement, whether it's free speech or otherwise, What's your take here? So I would have always said that free speech was important and that he should be able to host these shows and have these doctors on. They're not they're not um, his mate from behind a garage who thinks you should inject. The president said you should inject. Uh, <laughs> uh, like, what did he say? De- de- like, not, uh, not Clorox. What, cl- hydrox. Yeah, hydro- Clorox, yeah, basically. Yeah. So, I mean... It's not as bad as that. The president standing up there saying there's things you can do and people died from it. You know, people in the US tried it and died. Oh, the horse one was the other great one. What was the horse? So that's uh, the stuff that, that's what Joe Rogan is pushing is the horse stuff. When he took, when he got COVID, this doctor prescribed in that horse stuff. that's right. And it's not actually horse stuff is the thing. That's why Joe is kind of going off on one. It's like legitimate doctors prescribe me this thing. You need a prescription to get it. I took it and it worked you know and 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 he had these doctors on as a result and that's what's led to this controversy so you asked me what's my point what's my free speech i think free speech is important and i think that if free if free speech hadn't been abused as much as it has been in the last few years i would still have that stance i think there are enough people who are 
entirely unwilling to uh, do their homework on stuff or read about stuff uh, that you have to protect the masses. Like there, there is a, I feel like there's a level of, there's so much manipulation going on on each, on every side that everyone has known as responsibility to read stuff themselves and form their own opinion. And most people don't have time or care enough or whatever. And if that's going to be the place we're going to have to start, I don't even want to say, I feel like pointing out that this is an opinion as obvious as that might be when there's an opinion piece on something, you have to say, this is an opinion. There are, there are other opinions different from this. I don't think that's limiting free speech. I think it's just obvious people should know that. But I don't think people know that, and I think that people, there's this thing of, you know, you know, you know, this, you know, fake news or like fake truths or like that's not the truth I believe. I just believe this other truth, and it's like um, sometimes there's like truth, like something's true and something's false, but there are times of ambiguity. Like, do cloth masks work against preventing COVID? And there was a period of time where everyone believed that was the case, and it might not have been as, as effective as people thought, and. So, uh, you know, one of the things I, I read today was like, there's, do they call it clock syndrome? Broken clock syndrome is where something might have been true in the past or it might have been false in the past. Something might have been false in the past, false in the past. And you say, um, is, you know, is it four o'clock? And you say, no. And, they, and then an hour later, is it four o'clock? No. Is it four o'clock? And then when four o'clock's coming, you go, is it four o'clock? And they go, yes. And they say, I fucking told you it's four o'clock. And you're like, but it wasn't four o'clock. It's four, you know what I mean? So, uh, there's a bit of that going on, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Say the same thing. Say everything enough times and you'll be right eventually. Yeah. I I uh, really hear you on the, we've kind of come full circle on free speech when you had, let's call them editors, moderators, the mainstream media that was trusted with filtering, giving you some level of yeah. neutrality or balance or presentation. And the media laws that went to place in this country already blew that up with cable, everything that was CNN versus Fox News. That was already well and truly happening and you had this bifurcation of truths and there was complete filter bubbles already yeah. in place. Then the proliferation of UGC and online media that did not have editors. And at that point, I fully agree with you, the onus became on anyone and everyone, be the content creator, the platform or anyone in that process, to replicate some of those checks and balances because it was clear that the models meant that you didn't have attention, you didn't have the systems in place, right. and you certainly didn't have anything that prevented, uh, you know, bubbles, rabbit holes. Bu yeah, radical, radical complete. I mean, it's really... Uh I can only imagine someone who's not in the US in the media cycle here, but like listening to this and just being like, that's crazy. Of course, free speech. Why would you even debate that? Uh, obviously, there should be free speech. I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just saying that it does need to be caveated with this might not be the only opinion on this thing because, um, because, because here in the U, it's just, it's a, it's, it's kind of out of control here. Like it's just, you know, it just, things went bad on it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the logical conclusion though, right? It, it, like in many ways, it's quaint that, I don't know how Ireland is right now, but Australia has three news networks. Yeah. One of them is still, you know, owned by the, the government. The state, yeah. And the state, and there's a level of trust. Yeah. And, re and regularity. We're all tuning into the same time to watch the news on that single channel. It's like the, it's the classic BBC, right? It's the classic British exactly. broadcasting 
Where does it there's a reach? home. We're yeah. all pointing the same direction. We're all on yeah. board. We're all singing the same hymn sheet. And they will, you know, get controversial and take both sides of the argument and skewer politicians. And, and they'll have some agenda, but on the whole, kind of everyone was on the same hymn sheet. Then I couldn't tell you what a news station is here. I could not tell you the name of KBCCYY CNBN affiliate for the Bay Area South. I, I just could not tell you yeah. a genuine news yeah. station that I know is doing stuff, whether it's local or national. I, I certainly don't tune into anything with regularity. You know, I'm completely I, I, de decoupled. There is no mainstream in a way is kind of what I'm getting to. I still read the Financial Times and the BBC for stuff that, that I want to know about just because because uh, it's just there I, There doesn't seem to be anything uh, without All media has an agenda, but there doesn't seem to be something down the middle here, you know? Yeah. Uh, the spin on stuff on both sides I find exhausting, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, and this is for someone who I'm, you know, I'm definitely on the left, just to be clear, yeah. I'm a liberal, uh, yeah. but I, but even the liberal news here, I'm just like, that is, that is ridiculously biased, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's not guardian style educated bias. It's just blatant yeah. spin bias. Yeah. I, I, I guess the question I always have in these situations is, is this just the logical conclusion? Yes. Or did America take the wrong no. turn? You know what? You know what this is, and this is. You know what this is. This is. This is. This is TikTok to YouTube long form. This is radic. This is like uh, clickbait. This is uh, on YouTube. You need to have the right thumbnail, and you need to write. Yeah. You only get twelve words. What are the words going to be? If you're if you're if you're selling headlines and that's your business, you've got to get the right headlines, and those headlines have to appeal to your audience, and and they have to be faster and more bitey and shorter and snippets, and they don't want the long form. Newspapers used to be all long form. You know, you know, going back, there was a title, and then it was two pages of an article on each thing. Like now, it's little short things. There's no details in it, and it's you rely on the editor to 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 edit that stuff out for you, um, and it's because attention spans and clickbait and just that's society we've you know we've gone there we're all in on left we, we, i used to see a lot of this research we used to do in in google news and this the numbers and the stats on users who get all of their news forget about social media just from headlines they consume news based on headlines mm -hmm. barely even the tag we do that. Staggered, you staggered. do that i do that you, you skim I, and we forward and how many we go, times have you forwarded the something without even yeah. reading it it'd be honest because it's true you're like oh that headline it's, aligns with it's why Twitter. It's why Twitter has a. We noticed you didn't read it. Are you sure you want to forward it? Yeah. Feature, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. like it's, it's a very, memes, very common. All case. those dodgy pictures where you actually click on it and it's you know someone naked, or whatever. That that's. How, I actually forwarded one to my parents one time where it was like a headline in Ireland and I forwarded it to my dad and he was like, "Okay, interesting." It's like so, <laughs> when you click on it, it's like someone naked. You know, the lad's got me beautifully. But you know. is it? So, so, so I'm all with you that the media consumption is changing it into a the feedback loops um, and giving yeah. people what they want, it, like all that's accelerating. But is this is the setup in the US where everyone else is headed, or is just the checks and balances here? I think so. Setup? Unfortunately, think I think everyone else. So, yeah. Why would the Why would the Brits be any better? Or like, isn't you know when I think of journalism, I do think of the UK. I, I think there's better journalism over there, and I think uh, you know there's shows like 60 Minutes and stuff here that still there's there there are good shows here, but they're just Ratings are terrible. Nobody watches them anymore. So shows will go where the ratings are. I don't know. I would say that I did watch a, a YouTube video recently on the decline of the BBC, how it went from being uh, trusted, highbrow, um, 
single source of news for an entire nation to being uninformed, um, sensational. Like I did watch that recently. Now it's definitely not as bad as it here is here in the US, but I think that's where it's going. I do. And I think that, yeah, I, you know, the, the I trouble, mean, the trouble already is have Facebook became the new, it became the main yeah. news source for so many people. Then you've got the BBC and the CNN and all those, you know, and Fox News and all those competing for Facebook news. And then how do you compete with that? More sensational. Well, it's, a, it's the same publications, right? Pumping into Facebook notionally, right? They've all got the deals, whether it's Apple News or Facebook News, the publishing, and they've peeled back that whole plan anyway. But everyone's gone into how to woo the publishers and make sure that you've got them on side because their business models are crumbling, but they still have a lot yeah. of both political and, and kind of um, business power. And different countries like Germany, for instance, have very strong, very strong centralized news lobby and the government's really behind them and they're able to keep some things in check. But even they still have the Murdoch equivalent right-wing bubbles of the news cycles and they have the left. So, you know, if I look, the UK is great, has a BBC and the Guardian, but it also has Sun Mirror and everything else that is yeah. Mur- Murdoch-driven. Australia is amazing. You, yeah. you know, you, ha- you, ha- you have that bifurcation and that yeah. kind of nasty bubbling on just... Don't know if you've got the complete split realities the same level, but then I look at you know things like Brexit and yeah. a lot of the rise of the right yeah. kind of political groups. But that all happened Europe. on social. That yeah. wasn't that all happened yeah. on social. So yeah. social is global. Yeah. So that's what yeah. that is. Which is why yeah. I'm saying news outlets have to catch up with social. Like yeah. that's the problem. Social have won, and now if they want to retain any market share, they have to compete with that. So I spoke with someone in uh, Magic Leap today. Yes, who's giving love me Magic some- Leap? Love so- Magic Leap. When's it going to be mainstream type stuff? Never. Right. And he's, he, uh, he's, he's got some like, look, if you can get these three things done. Can you, field can of you, view, can, field, we, can we, what, field, can, what's field, Magic Leap? What's Magic Leap? Uh, so Magic Leap was famously uh, overhyped AR goggles out of Miami with an incredible entrepreneur who just ramped and ramped. And they got something like 1 billion worth of funding, something insane. And it was really stealthy secretive uh but they got a whole bunch of buzz because they would bring people to this compound sign the ndas put this thing on and everyone would go whoa and they'd come out raving it was two things wasn't it they so ar augmented reality meaning glass it means an extension of existing reality rather than vr it was so they had a they were the first to do uh not first but the most legitimate ar attempt at that time and it was layered with ml ai uh at the, wasn't that it it was like uh it was they, they had some learning model as well is that right so 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 i remember it so um hololens came out first and hololens had like came out two three years before it they got they acquired by microsoft right hololens the, the microsoft one correct yeah. and they had like people would use it and they had hololens too and the field of view was getting bigger wasn't hololens and- though industrial wasn't it like um that was like uh, that was for like you're you're at a you're at a factory and you want to see when's the next shipment in and they've got this conveyor yeah, belt, isn't it? I that think thing? the applications in general tended towards educational, industrial, okay. yeah, stuff like productivity, sure, working on virtual spaces near you. Yeah, part of that limitation was um, how fast things were adapting and the field of view. Like it was quite narrow given the optics and the te- technology of display technology sure. at the time. So. No one really understood what was going on over at Magic Leap, only that they had some breakthrough and there's some claim breakthrough. Uh, and they were clearly focusing more on the gaming side of it. 
I think you're right. They did have some sort of AI ML that would basically adapt and map much faster than others. So it allows for much more mobile kind of opportunities as you walk through the environment. But long story short, lo lo and behold, when they did finally come out and start showing everyone what it looked like, it was a great disappointment. <laughs> not, 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 maybe not surprising. It was overhyped, very expensive, huge disappointment. There's been a big route out from there. It was just one of the largest Miami kind of tech sucks in there. It was bringing everyone in. Um, anyway, still, people are not, not so, hopeless. It's still going. But long story short, the question is, where is this ready for prime time? Is this mainstreamable? Because I want to understand if Apple is, you know, my hypothesis, the assumption is Apple's doing this, it's ready. Uh, the tech is ready, the components so are ready. What the, room, yeah, what the yeah. rumors will tell you is that Apple is ready for VR, not AR. So Apple is going to bring out a virtual reality headset. It was supposed to be end of this year. It's now been pushed to next year. But I believe their AR is not coming for something crazy like seven years or something. Oh, AR is exactly way, way harder. Around. No, so it, is, it is way harder. But I thought it was the exact other way around. I thought they, they're punting on their VR because of mm. battery and so on. No, oh, I, I, oh. yeah, they're punting. They're having trouble with their. That's right. What I read they're, was they were having trouble with their battery for their VR and also their optics. But they were, uh, and they're pushing it to next year for VR. Yeah. But AR yeah. is further than that. Everyone's talking about the Google glasses, right? They're not Google, mm. the Apple glasses that are. That's mm. what everyone wants. Everyone wants so, AR. So, so, so I understood that it's an AR headset first and then the glasses come later, but you're saying it's all VR. Even the, the headset is VR. Well, it's, it's a VR headset. headset, isn't it? If it's yeah, going to yeah, be, yeah. how can you do an AR headset? Well, it's just the difference between glasses and a headset. The headset being, it's just a bit bigger, so it's, it's a bit it's, more bulky. It's, it's, it's the, goggles the goggles where you're a fully yeah. immersed VR headset is what's coming first. I believe from reading Mac rumors, mm. Uh, mm. I think people understand that there's VR and there's AR. There's virtual reality where you're fully immersed and there's, augmented reality where you're it's an extension of your existing reality so ar is where what what we're getting right now is called huds a heads-up display so when you're wearing glasses and you can see your text message on it that's not v that's not ar when you're wearing glasses and there's nothing contextual about the environment you're in even if it's navigation or it's like google glass was actually a huds it wasn't AR. People get confused with that. Just right? a screen on your face. No a question. screen on your face. It's just different than looking at your watch or your phone. And what we're getting a lot from these AR companies is AR hype and AR ML and hate, like the things you're talking about. The, 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 the disappointment with these things is frequently that we get a heads up display, not augmented reality. And the thing I'm excited about and the thing, the reason Apple's thing will be seven years from now is because it's really hard to put the glasses in the context of the room that you're in and have those glasses interact interact with the space you're in. We know you can do glasses that show you a heads-up display because Google did it 15 years ago. So, like, um, you know, it, it's, it, it yeah. just doesn't feel that far away. I get the optics and the hardware are making a genuinely elegant piece of glass. Yeah, make it small. It's aside, the downsizing. It's the downsizing with batteries and everything. Right. That's smart. That aside, your phone is working as a really good AR system yeah. these days. Like, That's the point. It's working brilliantly. Everything lasers to do the scanning. Your watch, your watch is, as soon as you start right. to scale it down like that, the watch gets pretty yeah. dumb pretty quick. And then when you make it even smaller and try and put it on the side of your head, like they're very limited. Like we're really, we're pushing it here, you know? Right. But you just have that as a peripheral, don't you? And use your phone as the hub. I, so you, you, you leave your, the LiDAR on the phone, then you leave the com, LiDAR up on the on the uh, headset and then leave everything else. But even that the phone. connectivity between your watch and your phone, if you're, you know, 
how slow you, you need to have RAM on your watch. Apple watches have got much faster over the seven generations, but like Gen 1, Gen 2, what, what you've got a Gen 2 or something. What, what Apple watch do you have? I've, I've got 3. a Gen 4. They're up to seven. Gen and 4 is great. Gen 4 is robust, great. Right? No, Gen yeah, 4 yeah. is great. Gen, yeah. I've got a Gen 1 here or Gen 0, the first one. Uh, and Jesus, is it slow? And it connects to your phone. There's a lot of compute on your phone, but like, yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, yeah. But, but that's my point. They're up to seven at this point. Like, so. Y- y- like they can do comms chips they can do wireless local planet pan is is very powerful you can get some solid bandwidth going on so i'm just it, it can't be the downsizing that they're limiting first of all they're going to have to have something offloaded to the phone no matter what if i'm and, agreeing there i'm saying it's the, absolutely the downsizing so so just think about it the 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 back and forth of data between even just a camera if the sole thing was for a camera to to recognize something Supposing every time there was a door, the only thing you needed to do was to point to the door and say door, if that's all you needed to do. The amount of data needed for your glasses to be able to scan the whole area around you, pass that to your phone, your phone to recognize, like the phone, very quick, recognize it's a door, blah, to pass it back and say it's a door and then to track the point at where the door is through the glasses and show you that that's a door. Like it gets very data heavy very quickly. I don't buy it. It's just a point cloud, right? Like depending on the raster rate and depending on how far. I, I, I yeah. I'd, you're not sending the high res image. Raster. You're sending, you know, you're saying you're saying that you're you're sending the point cloud, and then you're point doing clouds are huge. samples. Point clouds are huge. A point cloud of this room could be hundreds of megs. A point cloud of the room could be depending on the resolution, would be depending on how much. Would be, would be hundreds of megs. For, it, just for me to turn my head in this room, and. <laughs> I work in a business where we work with point clouds. Point clouds are massive in terms of data. Millions of points. That's what the point yeah. cloud is, points and points on a cloud. Like you have to transmit, you have to capture, compute, and transmit that data, and then have that data unpacked and and understood by the phone, which happens very quickly. But the transfer, there's two things there. There's the there's the capture of that much data to bring it down to a card and to transfer it. Those are two very power-heavy and slow processes. I feel like most of the other things are kind of there, right? Um, yeah, kind of. Yes, every, that's why they're going to bring one out. I mean, yes, everything's kind of there. I think the miniaturization, pardon? That's what I read in Mac Rumors. Let me just, before we, I'm going to go for a Corona hard Ooh. seltzer. This is the pineapple. Wait. What's I'm, Corona salsa pineapple? What is going on? Corona there? brand. So, so there's this thing. Did you? There's a Saturday Night Live skit on at the moment where it's like everybody's bringing out hard seltzers. It's a thing now. So, in the US, I don't, I don't know if I'm just late to the game or if, or if it's trending. But hard seltzers have always been a thing. You know, um, um, flavored soda water with with like vodka or whatever in it. But right now. There's tons of them. And I, I ordered on Drizzly. I went on and I bought like a ridiculous amount of hard seltzers uh, this week just to try all the different ones. And I have not tried this pineapple one, so I'll give that a go. Very good. It's definitely a immediate trend. In the last, I, I want to say, eight, nine months, it's just been exploding. Yeah. I just had no idea that you had a Corona. Your beer companies are Every, doing all of them. That's all, very Literally confusing. anything you can think of. Like they're all the brands. Oh, that smells so good. Very confusing. I was like, um, yeah, teenagers. The Alco Pop story. So there's a period in late noughties when Oz yeah. started doing a huge Alco Pop. 
like tax. the like the Smirnoff Ice. Oh, tax. All oh. those. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it became so popular, it was with with teens. kids. Yeah, with the kids. What's the drinking the age in us? Eighteen. Eighteen. Yeah. 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 Same at same in Ireland. Yeah, but you know, it being twenty-one here, I don't know, makes it different. Maybe, maybe the kids, the kids. I, yeah. Tell me about that. What are your thoughts on twenty-one drinking? I think it's crazy here. here. I think it, I've got. I'm torn. I think it's crazy here. Twenty one drinking, given other laws around gun driving. ownership and driving. Guns. You can drive yeah. when you're sixteen here. Like yeah. you can do. You can make lots of terrible decisions doing other things that are more dangerous than having a beer. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I had a. You and I had very different. Uh, you know, thinking back to the goon story about drinking a box of wine. Um, <laughs> You know, alcohol featured heavily <laughs> to be a stereotype and all, but I really enjoyed um, alcohol growing up. And you know, yeah, what do you say? Like, so what I, so so I was drinking in pubs <laughs> at the story. age of fifteen. Uh, you know, yeah, me and my mates right. were, were always able to drink in pubs from the age of fifteen. No one really asked for ID at that stage. Um. Uh, uh, you know, you, you would get you'd get asked for ID sometimes, and you wouldn't be able to drink that night. You'd have to go to a different pub, and your mates would shun you, and they'd stay drinking. But but you know, from about fifteen, I was okay with my parents, and I would go out and booze. Um, and then you know, probably hard boozing. You know, kind of where drinking too much probably happened at like eighteen. Um, and then from eighteen to twenty seven or twenty eight was just kind of <laughs> blur. You know, yeah, and you know that sounds that sounds like a brag. My actual, my point is, um, I actually wish I didn't drink as much as I did in my 20s. I had a great time. It was the best time of my life, but also a couple of hairy ones, you know, I got away with a few things in terms of uh, just pushing it a bit too far. And, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting now being out of Ireland, knowing that there's other routes, like the route you took, which is you had, you had a great time, you had a good life, but I don't feel like you were it featured as heavily in your life as it did for me. Like, you know, it did not, I can barely still drink. I can barely drink, you know, half without doing something or other. I, I went through all of uni, barely touching anything until mm-hmm. a certain point where I try, I think I told you last week, not until had I joined the political yeah. local, local branch two years after uni, did I even try a beer or kind of consume a complete one? And it was, yeah, they literally taught me huh. the Labor Labor Party of Australia literally taught me how to drink a beer. <laughs> uh, so, so and you know whatever age that was, right? Twenty three. I think that's great. So yeah, I I really do think it's great. I, mostly for my kids and stuff as well. Like I want them to be able to. Uh, I'm kind of there's so many downsides to living here, but one of the upsides is maybe there isn't as much. Um, I don't feel like it's stigma, but social pressure or just it's, it's the, it's in Ireland. It's one of the main, uh, yeah. and I love it. Cause I, st- yeah. cause I grew up like, I can't wait to see my mates and have loads of beers and have lots of fun, you know, yeah, yeah, but like, yeah, it's yeah. nice. They're, they're, uh, maybe I just wasn't aware of it, but I'm, I'm not aware of other options in Ireland, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Oz is the same, I think culturally pretty aligned as far as booziness and it's core part of socializing and they do it pretty young and so on. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what. I guess yeah, my family, my background, I didn't have the influence that said that's part of the story. Um, but I do wonder how it influences. I don't know how stereotyped it is in here when you hit the 21 and when you're sneaking around before you're 21 and 
those college frats. It's not as though drinking culture and peer pressure doesn't exist when I think of the, the kind of fraternities and yeah, you but know, it's, it's, it's a different of, level. I, I I can see it. It's a it is a different level. Like it's just gamed. It's not really ingrained. Uh, maybe it's more. I don't know. Maybe it's more dangerous here. I don't know. I think I'm thinking of my mates watching this and them crucifying me. But like my opinion is, uh, <laughs> there's a stereotype in Ireland for a reason. Irish people do enjoy booze. It's a big part of our culture, and um, I certainly enjoyed it growing up. I had a really great time boozing as much as I did. But I also sometimes, maybe it's my personality, but I look back at it and I go, oh, you know, I went, I, you know, a few brain cells there that I killed, you know, and, and uh, you know. Wow. Yeah. Come to America, you get a new accent, and you just completely dispatch with... Teeth. With You're such a dick. I'm trying to have an honest conversation with you about booze. Like, I don't know. My my point is, yes, you know, I like I I I enjoy a beer more, maybe more than you do. And uh, I think you can hold it better than I do as a baseline. I, I struggle to get past. Well, I'll, I'll be passed out for the next. You know, I'll be feeling this on Sunday. <laughs> I've had half a beer. There's that just as a base, like pure genetic physiology. I I have problems. Yeah. With it. But yeah. What, so, are you saying you would do it differently? Um, probably not. I don't know. Maybe I don't know if I would. I mean, I had a fantastic time. Like it, it's weird. Mm. It's kind of hard to know the con. What I'm saying counter. is, there are different paths. I, I think I could have had just a good a time as just as good a time, not doing it, uh, right. in the U.S. or somewhere else. Uh, there is no. There, nowhere is as fun as Ireland, straight up. It, like the, Ireland's great fun, and and drinking is a big part of that. And oh, you know, it. you know, it's tight, it's cozy, it's close. Everyone's in the pubs. Yeah, Not unlike London, there. in the on the way home, that you have to go via a pub to get. Yeah, home. that's different. That's where you have it, dinner. Remember, we talked about culture shock. That was a big one in in the UK. Everyone goes for a beer at lunchtime and then doesn't drink eight more pints. Like what? <laughs> 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 you know. Oh, we're going to go back to work now and then go home. Oh, okay. Teetotalers. Yeah. Teetotalers. Total teetotalers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. I, I, yeah, I mean, just even the, the UK, the, the London version of literally everything happens in that pub between six and nine every night. Yeah. Dinner comes and goes. And it Everyone's empties out. No one's there after it, right? Yeah. Amazing. It literally is the commute. It's on the way home. Yeah. It's a thing. A big part of it here is driving. Right, you're driving up, you're driving back. Yeah. Where where are you stopping to have a ca- there's no casual bump in. And there's so many options. And I think you know being drunk is frowned upon. Which you know I, I think this is much healthier. This is yeah. I, I think this is good. This is yeah. you know it's yeah. less crack, but it's good. <laughs> Do you know less what I discovered? Crack. The word crack is not Irish. Do you know that? What? What? Whose is it? Apparently, <laughs> I'm reluctant to tell you because it holds it over me. But apparently, it's oh, in it's Australian, isn't it? It's, it's Australian English. No, oh. it's English. It's an it's in you know, yeah, it's an English word that was that was adopted by the Irish. In wow. as late as a- the nineteen seventies. Appropriation. In the nineteen seventies as well, like recently. You 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 you're gonna tell me Egypt and Grand uh Egypt and Grand English words. I mean they are I mean Grand is English word, right? But it's it's very 
you know, I guess it's who did it best. It's like TikTok, not <laughs> not who did it first. It's who did it best. It's you like know, TikTok. <laughs> this is excellent linguistics through the lens of TikTok. <laughs> it's like coffee. I hear, I hear, I, yeah, I, I like as you and your, we, we made up Australian and, and, rules. Yeah, and a new nation, just like just like you, Australia as a new nation also needs yes. things, crutches to hold on to. You know, <laughs> you're, st you're still discovering your identity. I get it. I get it. Yeah, I still love that you think you Europe. That's my favorite part of the whole thing. Is that what? That's my favorite part of the whole thing, that you believe you're part of Europe. Ireland is part of Europe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Technically, officially, you the whole thing, I get it. But like, really? Why wouldn't we be part of Europe? I'm not, I'm confused by it. EU or Europe or, bo or both? R well, Europe, yeah, culturally, Europe. Culturally, we're, <laughs> culturally, yeah. we're not part, culturally, we're not part of Europe. No, yeah. I mean, yeah. we're not Spanish yeah. or French or, you know. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. You know, on the continent. Yeah, we're we're in, we're an island you're, nation. Yes. Yeah. You're Anglo Saxon. Are you? We're Celtic. Yeah. <laughs> you That's know an error. you know that do you... <laughs> Of course you're Celtic. But is that oh, hang on. Is that a whole separate branch, the Saxons? 